Welcome to the PropTech Podcast. It's Kylie Davis here, and I'm delighted to be your host as we explore the brave new world where technology and real estate collide. It's so great to have you here and to share stories of innovation and opportunity across real estate, property, and building services. And the aim of each episode is to introduce listeners to a PropTech innovator who is pushing the boundaries of what's possible across how we design, build, buy, sell, rent, and invest in property and all of the associated behavior and activities around that. Now, none of this would be possible without our sponsors. So a big shout out to the Direct Connect team, Making Moving Easy, Dynamic Methods, the innovators behind the Forms Live and RealWorks Forms, and the PropTech Association of Australia. Thank you for your support of the podcast. This week on the PropTech Podcast, my guest is Shelley Horton, the Executive Manager of Mortgage Solutions at PropTrack, the property data arm of realestate.com.au. Now, Shelley has a long track record in the property industry, starting her career as a property valuer and holding various roles at Genworth and then becoming a buyer's agent and consultant to large corporates, including Macquarie and CoreLogic. So she's experienced the property valuation industry and risk analysis from nearly every angle. Now at REA, she's responsible for PropTrack expanding the valuation, risk and mortgage products being created from their data with a keen eye to the kinds of insights that property buyers and sellers want to know. And in this interview, we discuss the importance of good quality data in helping consumers make confident decisions and how the property data industry is changing, especially for valuers. So here to tell us all about it, Shelley Horton, welcome to the PropTech podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, look, I'm really excited to have you and to hear more about PropTrack and what REA Group are doing with PropTrack today. I'm going to inflict upon you, though, the first question that we always ask everybody, and what is the PropTrack elevator pitch? So PropTrack plays a critical role in powering the broader REA strategy. So we power REA's uh, consumer experiences and also accelerate the value of our customer products, so though, in the real estate sector. Um, but at the same time, we're trying to unlock new revenue pools through the generation of unique data valuations and insights for the market. Okay, cool. So PropTrack is is the data arm of REA. Am I right in thinking that or is it so much more? No, it's, it's certainly, um, I guess it's unparalleled data and insights. We support the broader REA group in their ambition to change the way the world experiences property and the way we do that is by supporting that business as well as our own customer base um, with unique and unparalleled data and insights. Um, So think about it as data and insights on the market and metrics that you wouldn't get anywhere else in market. Okay, so what are some of those metrics that we wouldn't get anywhere else? Uh, One example would be supply and demand metrics. So Mm -hmm. uh, if you think about um, demand around certain property listings and viewings around property, so interest levels, that's sort of something that you would only get through the REA platform. I think last count, um, there was well, well in excess of 12 million people visit the REA website in any given month. So that's a unique audience um, to that the REA benefits from. And that mm-hmm. gives us great insight into what the market is doing and what consumers want to see um, in terms of the property market. So... How, do, how have consumers' needs evolved or changed as we've got more access to more data? I think anything that really fuels a level of confidence um, to mm-hmm. take those next steps, um, 
We know that a lot of people um, might be thinking about buying or selling, but actually taking that next step um, sometimes is the, the a hurdle for them to overcome or a challenge for them to overcome. So we uh, we work on providing them with information and data that gives them the confidence to act, whatever that might be. Um, and so that's through that entire real estate uh, life cycle or transaction cycle. But also then if you think about the mortgage, those sort of ancillary industries that feed off the back of real estate, um, you know, in PropTrack in particular, our products um, are really designed to support that entire end mortgage life cycle as well. So whether somebody's thinking, think about it, valuations in particular is a big focus for us. Um, and mm-hmm. the value of a property is critical, whether you're thinking about selling, it gives you an indication of what you might get for the property. If you're a buyer or a property seeker, it gives you some sort of insight into what you might have to pay for a property. And if you're just looking to finance, if you're an existing property owner, it also provides some insight into what loan size you might be able to get in terms of that indication of what your existing property is worth. So fundamental to that entire process. Uh, and that's sort of why we focus on or why we're focusing on valuation products as part of our strategy. Um, but just any information that gives people the confidence that, you know, they're not, for instance, paying too much for a property or they might be getting a good deal or uh, they might be better off sort of waiting or looking in adjacent areas. And so anything like that that can um, arm the consumer uh, and give them the confidence to to make a sound decision is really what we're all about. Awesome. So you guys have recently released Real estimate is that correct? That's right. So that yep. is uh, that is PropTrax uh, AV empowering uh, real estate real estimate. And I think off the back of that, um, we've now got about a third, I think, of uh, households tracking the value of their property, which goes to uh, what everybody's interested is: what, how much is my property worth, or how much is that property I'm interested in worth? Uh, if you're thinking about buying, yeah. I, look, I I think I have actually signed up to it. <laughs> Oh, good. So, yeah, I think I think my house is one of them. Um, because every week I get an email telling me what's sold around me, what prices have have got have been achieved, and therefore what my house is probably worth in light of that information. Is that correct? exactly? And the models are designed to update um, based on those new data inputs that come about every day um, and every week as new properties transact in market as we get new intel on properties that are listed for sale, um, the model updates in real time and gives the most up-to-date reflection of what's happening in your suburb, in the adjacent suburb, et cetera. So whoever's tracking their property, they get those insights. And one of the things that PropTrack does, um, as we get feedback from um, or the rest of the business gets feedback from consumers in terms of the information they want to see, will then power the group with new data and insights that we might serve up in those regular updates um, for those that are tracking their properties. So uh, the market will tell us what they want to see and then we'll we'll deliver those metrics and insights um, that help inform you um, and give you the information that you're seeking. I'm going to confess it does regularly spark very interesting conversations between my husband. <laughs> 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 it's always good fun. But is one of the frustrating things for prop track and because as a consumer it is is the number of real estate agents who still say oh you need to call us to find out how much that sold for because you still get that inside the reports too don't you like oh we're not sharing that information you have to call us it's like why you're not going to return my phone call anyway (laughs) (laughs) look i think i think the availability of information um is critical whether you know there's certain requirements uh, around um 
uh, you know, retracting information if people have requested for that to happen. Ultimately, at the end of the day, that information services up through the various value generals. Um, once that mm. sales, it comes on the public record. But that said, um, we can still uh, have reference to that information, uh, even if it's not publicly dis- displayed. So in terms of agent advice sales, um, getting the, the, the freshest, most recent transaction data is what gives you the most ac- accurate estimate and market. And whether you're whether it's a, an automated valuation method or whether it's a physical value going out inspecting the property, um, the most up-to-date data will give you, um, you know, the most re- recent reflection of what a property is worth, um, mm. regardless of whether it's in a in a climbing, static or falling market. Um, something that has just been transacted two days ago, for instance, at auction on the weekend, will give you the best, uh, best test of market value and what someone's been prepared to pay based on all the relevant factors they've considered before making that decision to purchase a property. Mm. What I'm really curious about too and interested to hear is that that knowledge is power and the the knowledge making allowing you to make more confident decisions. When I was at News Corp as real estate editor of all of news, we saw that really clearly during the GFC in markets that were auction markets versus markets that were private treaty markets because auctions are basically at the time before you were getting, you know, weekly updates on what your property was worth, the auction market was basically telling Melbourne and Sydney how healthy their markets were or how slow they were. So when the when the tide turned and the markets slowed down, Melbourne and Sydney sellers got very savvy very quickly about what they needed to do to sell. And that compared to Brisbane and Queensland markets that the time on market just went completely out the window because they weren't getting that daily or that weekly data feed to tell them how how weak their market was and so people were holding on saying I'm not going to sell unless I get x and so you know you saw days on market going up to here in some in some markets it was really quite phenomenal and I guess now sort of many you know a couple of decades later the fact that you can get a weekly valuation or AVM um, on your property showing what happened this weekend means that private treaty or auction you're you're getting regular feedback on what's going on locally yeah definitely and I think I think it still holds true that different markets uh, are better suited um, for a number oh, totally. of reasons to the different sale methods but but just uh, those automated estimates of value um, I guess you know one of the things sort of powering our model is just um, the scale at which we can compute all those different data points um, and that technology has advanced over the last couple of years so it makes it possible um, uh, you know, just adding in new data points and refreshing regularly, it, it just, it, it's quite overwhelming um, how much information <laughs> and then, and then uh, resurfaced out um, to you um, at, at just, the, you know, an absolute instant. So um, yeah, that's really exciting. I think it's a great thing for consumers ultimately at the end of the day. Um, the more people um, that can be educated before they make the biggest decision that they'll ever take, which is purchasing a property, um, mm. I think makes for a good, strong um uh, you know, housing system in terms of real estate, but also banking and finance, you know, people making sound decisions um, when they're uh, potentially transacting large amounts of money. Um, Absolutely. I think the banks rest much easier knowing that you've got a well-educated <laughs> buyer who has been part of that process. Totally. Let me ask you a question. Are you happy with your current operational workflow? Are you really satisfied with printing, signing, scanning and emailing contracts and then having to wait days for them to be signed and returned? Well, I didn't think so. 
and I have some good news. There is a better way. Dynamic Methods is the team behind leading real estate industry tech platforms such as Forms Live, REI Forms Live and RealWorks. With a mission to make better happen, Dynamic Methods are dedicated to providing efficiency and productivity tools, boosting form technology to real estate agencies across Australia. Each month, 50,000 real estate professionals across 8,500 agencies from every Australian state and territory use dynamic methods form technology, empowering more than 7.2 million transactions a year. Dynamic Methods is also proud to host quality integrations with some of the prop tech industry's most powerful technologies, such as DocuSign, Secure Exchange, Equifax, and more, putting everything you need to get forms and contracts filled in, signed, verified, and exchanged into one easy platform. So if you're ready to ditch the pen and paper, make your agency look more efficient, head to dynamicmethods.com.au slash partners to learn more. So, so, so Shelley, tell us a little bit about your career. How did you end up at PropCheck? Uh, look, I've had a career that spans well in excess of 20 years and I started out originally as a property valuer and, and spent a good decade, um, you know, traipsing through, I'd say, tens of thousands of properties uh, earlier <laughs> on in my career. So um, that really sort of taught me the ropes around valuing. Um, I then went to work in the mortgage insurance sector um, so uh, the pointy end, um, high LVR mm-hmm. lending, um, saw uh, saw when things didn't go so well, um, when unfortunately people couldn't repay their loan, um, and so um, worked with uh, lenders then to make sure that um, you know we were getting the best outcomes for borrowers that were suffering hardship if they had to dispose of that property. Uh, and then I took a slight deviation, so I'd always worked in B2B environments, and then in around 2014, I set up my own practice as a buyer's agent in Sydney, so using that sort of valuation uh, in corporate experience, uh, and was uh, up front and centre with consumers and um, helping them make sound decisions when they uh, were, you know, faced with um, making the biggest decision uh, that you'll ever make, which is purchasing a property, and so that really opened my eyes, to be honest. Um, I, I still tell people, uh, anyone who's who's interested in listening, I learned more about the property market um, as a buyer's agent than I ever did as a valuer, getting um, much, much, uh, much closer to, to what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What drives people, um, different behaviours, different personality types as to why people sort of push more and some are more conservative around their decision-making. But also just understanding that process as a valuer, you can be somewhat removed and further back. Um, and so just understanding a little bit more around that whole real estate transaction. Um, and then at the same time as that, I was consulting um, to uh, uh, others in the industry uh, using the valuation background. Um, so sort of helped some some banks set up their valuation operating uh, procedures and strategies. And then more recently have um, delved into the property data space, um, which I find really exciting. Um, and that, you know, is, is really nice sort of culmination of the career to date. Um, and landed at PropTrack about 12 months ago. Um, so heading up their product function, in essence, um, and developing mm-hmm. our various suite of uh, products um, that we sell to our external customers, so banking finance customers, but also um, the teams that help support some of those unparalleled um, data and insights that power the REA strategy as well. So apart from Real Estimate, what other products has PropTrack now got in market or got coming up? So we have um, desktop products, so um, sort of combined data and um, value-assisted assessments. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's without going through a property but um, providing 
uh, an accurate uh, remote assessment um, that supports the lending process. So we've got a um, valuation product and platform uh, and also valuation fulfillment. So we've developed a valuation ordering platform that facilitates that whole end-to-end valuation fulfillment process. So um, supports lenders executing on their strategy with regard to collateral assessment and valuation. So we'll, regardless of what valuation assessment type, whether it's an automated assessment, um, a remote assessment or a physical on-site uh, inspection of a property, we can facilitate that end-to-end process um, for lenders uh, and that's a, a scalable platform um, that you know effectively could be reused for, for different valuation use cases. Um, we also focus on... Um, a lead generation tool. So if you think about that end-to-end mortgage life cycle, lenders are, are tasked with or, or keenly focused on uh, attracting the right customers um, to begin with. So we provide products that provide targeted engaging experiences. Um, so property reports, digital property reports that gives you an indication if you're a potential buyer or looking to refinance, insights on your own property or a property that you might be looking to buy. Uh, with information and metrics, potentially an estimate of value. Um, and then as a lender is trying to nurture that customer and, and you know, compete, we, we know how competitive it is in the mortgage space at the moment. So customers that um, are products that help support customers um, throughout that process. So it could be our API, our data API products. So just information on particular data points that they might be interested in. Um, and then right through that entire process of capturing them and and fulfilling the mortgage origination processes quickly. That's where our valuation products come in to make sure that the lenders can have a fast frictionless assessment process. Um, there's been huge inroads in the last couple of years around mortgage approvals and faster time to yes and digital mortgages. Um, the valuation yep. process hasn't necessarily kept pace with that. So all our products are designed around instant or near instant decisioning. So kind of same day turnaround times that's helped facilitate that. And then once the loan's written, we support our customers with various products that um, I guess help them give insight on the performance of their portfolio. So um, property bureau and monitoring products, so um, updates on the valuation of the securities, changes to the property condition, um, different data and metrics that give you an insight in terms of the portfolio of properties that you've got under management as a lender. And then... um, the flight to refinance that is um, pretty prominent at the moment uh, with interest rates uh, increasing at the rate they have. Again, um, digital engagement products for lenders to um, touch base with their customers, um, lenders and mortgage brokers. Mortgage brokers are a huge um, component of the industry at the moment, sort of underwriting about 70% of mortgages. So um, think about digital engagement or you know reasons to trigger a touch point with your customer to keep in touch with them just to check how they're going if they're thinking about refinancing if there might be a better deal we can support lenders and mortgage brokers with um, different reports that you know might be suburb trends might be property specific but different um, engagement products that um, create stickiness with the customers to make sure they they sort of stay on your books particularly the good ones um, yeah, okay. So a whole bunch of those. The propensity models is something we've got as well. So there's that 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 sort of um uh something probably a more recent sort of product, and that is really around uh predicting the likelihood of a property to list, sell, or refinance. Uh, mm-hmm. and that spans across real estate. So agents obviously want to understand where their next listing might come from. Um, when a property um lists, uh quite quite likely that 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 owner or that borrower is, is, is going to then go on and purchase another property that's of interest to real estate agents but also to lenders to follow that customer to their to their next property whatever it might be um and then if somebody's thinking about refinancing um if we are we're trying to um serve up information to our 
customers that enables them to reach out to a customer before they jump ship to another lender um, and, and touch base with them and see whether they might be able to refinance or give them a better, better rate to keep them on their books. So um, that's really exciting. That's something that is really um, being fueled by, again, that unique data that we get um, from our REA platforms. You can't get elsewhere. Um, and what we're doing is working through um, those models with our customers and proving it out what we think um, is, is likely to happen, proving it out against their own data. And so that's how we typically work with our customers in partnership, um, proving out concepts, um, testing ideas and hypotheses, and then scaling a product after that once we've proven that it does what, what we say it's what we say it does. Fantastic. So so in the, in in all of those cases, pretty much they're products that are B2B products again. They're not they're not B2C because they're but they're using that that view that realestate.com has of the client has of the consumer to feed that information back in. Yeah, yeah, it's a behavioural stuff. It's nothing sort of personal to anyone. Obviously, we, no. we manage personal and private information um, in accordance with, with, you know, regulatory requirements, but it's the insights that sort of suggest that an activity is going to happen um, that we that we use to surface up that. But absolutely, it's it's those behaviours that we see and the data that, that gives us the, um, uh, I guess, an indication of someone's intent to take that next action. Mm-hmm. So, how does that benefit me as a consumer? Like, so, so compared to say 10, 15 years ago, if I was buying or selling, what, how does the fact that all of this is going on in the background now, sharing that, uh, you know, giving those insights to valuers and, and to the, and to the mortgage brokers and thing or to mortgage industry, what's, what is the impact for the consumer? How has that made it easier for, or, or better for a consumer? I think um, the experience ultimately at the end of the day the consumer gets. So if you've, if you've got your lender proactively reaching out to you um, because they don't want to lose you to another customer, I think that's a better <laughs> outcome for the consumer. I mean, we've all heard about, um, you know, um, lenders who, who may um, sort of sit back and not necessarily proactively reach out and happy to just keep rates going up. But if there's a better better offer to be tabled there, um Mm-hmm. I, I think so. I think a better outcome, better experience. I think choice. Um, if I think about, you know, um, there are other providers in market providing valuation and propensity models and products and, and APIs and so forth. So I think more choice in this space ultimately gives a better outcome for consumers and also for B two B customers, for the lenders. Um, you know, there hasn't been a lot of choice um, mm. in the last sort of couple of decades. So. That, that, that to me, um, keeps everybody on their toes. Um, it keeps you innovating, um, delivering new experiences and new products um, that are different to what else has been in market. Um, and then mm-hmm. that's, that's certainly our sort of approach to differentiate, to prove that we can provide customers with good outcomes, um, but do it differently and do it more smartly. And I think ultimately the consumer at the end of this, the more information they're given to inform their decision making, whether it be around purchasing a property, whether it be around selling a property or refinancing a property, um, it's a better outcome for them. Um, there's nothing worse than somebody, per- and I've found this from my time acting as a buyer's agent. There's nothing worse than seeing a client fresh over the decision they're about to make. It sort of it gives you an indication that they don't have enough information to be able to maybe take that step forward. And so there's more to be done. Um, to, to give them that confidence um, before they make that step, that they've got all the information that they need to confidently make that that make that next step. And whether, you know, it, it doesn't have to be just about buying a property. I mean, that's probably the largest thing, but even just knowing that you've got the best rate, that you've got the best uh, offer in market if you're refinancing. Um, 
having people reach out to you rather than you have to go and do all the looking, um, I think, you know, that that can sort of help as well in terms of just a better experience for a, um, for a consumer. There's been more mm. choice. I think there's more choice than ever um, across the entire real estate and mortgage and finance space and there has been in a long time and I think that's a good thing. Mm, I guess everything's transacting faster now too because the risk is known, like because the data sets are now actually helping the back-end functions understand the level of risk involved in pricing that in properly, right? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think, you know, step back a, a decade, even a decade ago, um, the lag in terms of servicing up information, so properties would sell, you typically wouldn't have the information. It was kept in the hands of, um, you know, businesses and professionals and the consumer mm-hmm. had to sort of fight it out and try and find that information. Now more information than ever is available for them um, free of charge for them to sort of make that that sort of inform their decision-making process. Um, and so I think even with that, um, to your point, if something sells on the weekend, sure, you might get some sales that are sort of, um, you know, you might get requested to, to not disclose the purchase price, but usually in an open home or something like that, you'll still be able to get that intel um, <laughs> from an agent. So I think that helps in terms of it is the most up-to-date information um, available. And I think just the scale of technology um, and, and the involvement of technology in the last decade has helped um, has helped enable that. But early on in my career, we were waiting for, you know, um, CDs to be um, <laughs> out with, uh, we probably gives Mailed. away my age a little bit, but you know, you, you'd wait and so you'd have a month, you know, you'd have your data a month in arrears um, before you well, that was really it. up to date, right? Because it was on a CD, Oof. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even now, um, nationally, you've got different requirements in different states. So, um, New South Wales typically standard settlement period is 42 days. Um, you know, obviously, people can negotiate different outcomes in some states. I think Victoria is 30, 60, and 90 days. So you're waiting for that information to be um, relayed and transferred through the VG, you're already three months behind knowing because you've got to look at that settle. But um, an agent advice sale on our platform gives you that insight that we kind of know in three months or in 42 days or whatever that, that relevant period is that that's going to be the outcome. So the freshness of that data is is really important, I think, to, to inform consumers. Mm. And that's been one of the best, I think, the speeding up uh, of making that information available has been one of the hugest um, uh, advancements and um, positive features for that consumers have benefited from in the last decade in particular. This episode is sponsored by EasyPay. EasyPay makes collecting PropTech payments easy. As one of Australia's leading subscription payment providers, EasyPay is helping real estate and prop tech businesses to improve rental collection rates, transform arrears management, and increase cash flow. Built for integration with a focus on partnerships, EasyPay's platform works seamlessly with your existing prop tech software, giving you access to industry-leading features that enable complex billing and settlement to support trustless business models. Discover the power of payment automation and leverage one of the first platforms to enable the Pay2 payment solution at easypay.com forward slash PropTech. And so, look, I'm curious to understand, is PropTrack a completely separate division or is it just part of, is it a you know, subset? How is it structured in REA? So we're, we're part of the family, so to speak. So um, we, we sort of run our own race, but we are part of the, the broader broader company. Um, and so um, PropTrack originally um Formed from a company called HomeTrack, um, the business bought oh, yeah. HomeTrack um, 
I can't remember the exact date, but it was it's going back um, a number, several years now. Back when I was at CoreLogic, so yeah, right, <laughs> a while <okay>. ago. <laughs> yeah, and so they bought the business um, in 2018, rebranded to PropTrack. Um, and so, um, you know, I guess we've, we're two years old in that sense uh, under, the, under the banner of PropTrack. Um, but we, we are, you know, we've got sort of two, two core pillars that, that are our focus and, and one is powering REA and our customer and consumer divisions, but also um, forging ourselves as a business in market in our own right. So that, that, that's sort of the things that really keep our focus going um, and just evolving our product suite. One of the things um, from, I guess, evolving from a, um, uh, a legacy company or brand is old platforms, old technology. And so a big part of our um, startup uh, first couple of years in that journey has been replatforming, moving to new technology, making our products scalable. Um, and uh, that that's starting to um, to come to fruition now with um, the scale at which we're being able to kind of build relationships and partnerships with with our customers in the industry and um, develop our um, not only new products but also um, evolve our our older products and um, and transform them. Awesome, yeah. It can be a huge. It's very difficult to. Like there's a big piece of work, isn't there, getting off legacy systems and getting into into new scaling ones. I'm very curious to know, Shelley, how how many data scientists are in your team? I've lost count. You know? um, <laughs> I couldn't tell you the answer off the top of my head, and and I and it's not because I don't want to, but just because I know I'll get it wrong. But we've got um like we've got a number of of guys in the in the team, and I think um you know at one point we we were sort of uh talking that we had the, the largest data science team in uh in the industry so i don't know if that's still the case or not um but we've got i certainly know we've got a whole bunch of talented people in there um and a couple have just uh, come back from a, a stint in the us where they went to uh a global hackathon as part of the broader um rea family so i think part of the news corp group and they're in uh, they're in new york uh, participating in a global hackathon based off some of the great work they've done transforming our AVM and building out our propensity model. So um, I couldn't tell you the number. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. That's all right. I, I just assumed it must be a gazillion, or not necessarily gazillions, but but an awful lot. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, big big part of um, the Pratt Track business um, and, and also REA, there's, there's some other um, uh, data scientists across, across the broader group. Um, and, and, you know, I guess that shows to, to where um, companies, um, particularly in the property um, space, to sort of focus their efforts at the moment. It's a big part of the engine room for innovation, um, data science, and just being able to deal with scale, some of the information and data and digest it and work out all those uh, unique insights that potentially we haven't even tapped into just yet, but are sitting there mm. waiting to be. Yeah. So, Shirley, what, what is some of that stuff that you're waiting to tap into? What do you see is coming down the pipe? In the future, that's going to impact prop track, or that you guys are preparing for now. Well, there's a couple of industry things that we're um, focused on, um, and and it's early days in the sense of um, ESG requirements um, for various mm-hmm. industries. I think everybody's um, tasked with uh, you know reducing their carbon footprint, whether it's us as individuals um, through our energy efficient homes or whether it's businesses trying to reduce their carbon footprint so um we're keenly focused on making sure we've got access to the best data in market to be able to support our customers with those sort of new emerging fields um everything we do though is aligned 
to thinking of, of what's ahead. So even our valuation products, for instance, are the focus on sort of more digital and assistive products. It's around, uh, you know, not unnecessarily sending somebody on site when you've got the data available to make a, a, a quicker, faster, confident decision. Um, but also just, you know, the, the property DNA um, or, or passport of a particular property, um, you know, property data, standard property data is a dime a dozen, but the energy efficiency of a property uh, without a national consistent standard makes it very difficult. I know there's some um, there's some different um, experiments happening in market trying to project what that might be. Um, I think as that becomes clearer in market what the, the national standard is, and it may not be a national standard, it might be individual states and territories, um, but, but being able to capture that and add that to our arsenal, that's something that we're looking at. I think housing affordability is mm. another arena. And so, um, you know, as uh, the population of people um, decreases, uh, that might be able to afford a property in its own right and potentially um, fractional investing and fractional ownership becomes a thing. Different valuation products and models might be required to determine the value of those products and facilitate the valuation of those um and there'll be different requirements so i think that's an interesting space to look at um housing affordability i think is something that will uh, be on the radar for a long time and just supply and demand i think um you know insights into uh development future development particularly um that you know the, the, one of the biggest things around housing affordability arguably Hi, right is the, the supply issue. So I think projecting where and when and how many homes and any kind of data and insights that help um, give clarity around that, where you make the biggest impact there, I think will be will be critical going forward. Um, and, um, and I think um, potentially changing regulatory requirements, um, just, uh, you know, with, with um, different things there, I think that's always front and centre, particularly in the banking and finance space, uh, what the regulators are focused on. Um, and, and that can change um, over the space of a couple of years around, you know, for the last couple of years, it's been around serviceability. Um, we're hearing at the moment it's around business continuity off the back of COVID and making sure they've got um, plans in process to make sure if there's major disruptions to their business or they're heavily aligned to, you know, sole suppliers that they've got strategies to mitigate against that risk. So we sort of follow that and, and keenly keep our eye on on the regulators and also what they're tasked with doing and, and anything from a product development point of view, we make sure we're aligned to that as well to make sure it's going to meet the mark when we bring something to market. Awesome. And Shelley, one last quick question. When you were a property, when you were a buyer's agent, what was what was the most surprising or um it give us an anecdote of something that made you go, oh, you know, wow, I'm not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> um, I, I was probably um, surprised that the fact people weren't exactly sure of what to do and when to do it. Quite often they might right. reach out uh, to you as a buyer's agent with advice on what to do, but then they were also seeking input on also, do I have to speak to a solicitor? Well, should I have a solicitor lined up yet? Or when do I when do I do or should I do that first? Or I haven't got my pre-approval, like should I do that first? So I think just a bit of hand-holding, I was surprised. Um, it really was as much as you were providing advice on, um, you know, properties to, to potentially, you know, inspect and consider as part of your search, it was really hand-holding through that end-to-end -end journey um, and knowing, you know, what giving people – 
information and guidance around what they had to do and when they needed to do it. So that that for me probably opened opened my eyes um, a little bit. And I think just um, probably you know probably an obvious thing, but just different situations, circumstances, and and personalities really does play a role in in confidence and um, decision making and how much someone will pay for a property. And that's something that I think um, is probably untapped so far. So, you know, you've got property data and transactional data, but the why behind what someone may or may not pay for a property. And if you've got five or ten people at an auction on a weekend, I find that really interesting that um, with, with, with valuation in particular, market value is a test of what someone's prepared to pay, you know, yeah. um, on any given day if the property's been adequately marketed. But quite often um, the industry has sort of taken the approach of the most conservative view, but but I, I've seen, you know, an auction play out where you may have had 10 people who were all prepared to pay something for a property um, and being able to um, surface up those insights I think would be a game changer. So get, getting closer, um, closer to uh, demand, interest levels, number of people interested in a property, and then potentially even what people prepared to pay. I think just market value really, in my mind, it should have showed me as a buyer's agent was was really about range. Um, it, it's it's not mm. a single figure, um, and and no. having that approach which the industry has always had around a single figure probably is something that might need to be revisited. Um, yeah. Because on any given day, you'll have a number of people prepared to pay a number of prices, and so long as it's not an outlier, so long as it's you know kind of within the realms of what might be considered normal, I think people should sort of accept that consumers are armed with a lot more information. We should probably give them credit where credit's due, and and they are informed when they make uh, a decision to pay whatever for a property, and we you know we should probably um, think a little bit less around trying to assume that they've they've not done the right thing or they've they've paid the wrong price and and and, and maybe start to shift our thinking in that space so I feel like there's a I feel like there's a fabulous piece of behavioral psychological research to be done on on different mindsets around property buying and that that should be playing into a propensity model as well how how cool would that be I'm going to get completely out of the data now <laughs> I think it would be and even if you think about real estate agents when they list a property up front they don't know exactly what it's going to sell for um they'll mm. have a fair idea based on their local market and their knowledge of that particular area but the seller uh there could be something particular driving the seller on any given day um that drives them to accept a, a higher or a lower price um and and likewise for the buyer so when you bring the soft buyer and the sorry the seller and the buyer into the mix um different personality types like you said the psychology is i find it fascinating um and and i think yeah that that would be a that would be a really interesting piece of work to 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 do. Yeah, let's put it out to the crowd, see who comes back with something. Um, <laughs> look, <laughs> look, Sally, it's been absolutely fabulous having you on the show. Thanks for joining us on the PropTech podcast. You're very welcome. So that was Shelley Horton from PropTrack. And I'm going to confess that before the interview, I had in my head that PropTrack was really just concentrating on consumer property data focused around their property portal. I had no idea they were diving so deep into valuations, mortgages, insurance and risk. But it's a move that makes a lot of sense and makes the most both of their data, their data scientists and their ability to build robust technology. 
I was at CoreLogic when realestate.com.au bought HomeTrack and made the decision to set up their own data arm and that was a very big deal at the time. It's been fascinating to learn just how far down the path they are because it really is a clash of the titans in the property data, analytics and insight space now. And I can only think that consumers and the industry will benefit from what's like a space race of new product and analysis that are going to come out of this. But what about the data? PropTrack says that it has 45 years of property data, over 1 trillion data points and over 12.6 million residential properties on its records. And here's the interesting side note. Last week, we spoke to Joe Rossi at National Property Group and he said that they had over 12 million residential properties in their records, which is considerably more than the 10.9 recognised by CoreLogic. So... Somewhere, 2 million properties have gone astray, which is rather a lot. And I'm very keen, which I'm sure many people out there are, to understand what the correct number of residential properties in Australia really is. And why is there a 2 million residential property discrepancy? What are prop track and national property group counting that CoreLogic isn't? So we'll try and get Dirk Miller or Sarah Bell onto the show in a future edition, and I'm sure they'll be able to throw some light onto that. Now, if you have enjoyed this episode of the PropTech Podcast, I would love you to tell your friends or drop me a line either via email, LinkedIn or on our Facebook page. You can follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor and Apple iTunes. I'd like to thank my podcast producer, the fabulous Charlie Hollands and our sponsors, Direct Connect, Making Moving Easy, Dynamic Methods, the name behind Forms Live, REI Forms Live and RealWorks and the PropTech Association of Australia. Australia, Australia's industry body supporting the flourishing prop tech community. Now, if you're an Australian or a New Zealand prop tech who would like to be on the show, drop me a line via LinkedIn or Kylie at proptechassociation.com.au. Thanks, everyone. Until next time, keep on prop teching. Do you run a prop tech business or are you the founder of a prop tech? Make sure you join the Prop Tech Association of Australia. It's Australia's new not-for-profit association made up of tech people who are passionate about the property industry and committed to improving experiences in how we buy, sell, rent, manage, build and finance property. Joining will give you access to events and networks across Australia and globally to help you promote and grow your business. Go to proptechassociation.com.au and follow the prompts to join. Thank you.